Okay, he said. Anything else? One more thing. These guys always travel armed, but it takes special authorization to carry on a commercial flight. Clearance is particularly complicated when traveling abroad. Davis considered it. Which means there would be people in Colombia who knew Mulligan was coming. They'd have known the time and date of his flight and where he was going. They probably even knew his seat assignment, which leads to something else. Sorensen paused to let him figure it out. They probably also knew who he was protecting. I think there's a good chance. The gears in Davis's head ground to a stop, but he wasn't sure why. He let it go for the moment. It opens up a lot of possibilities. What else can I do to help? Sorensen asked. Let's take a pass on Mulligan. It would only highlight us to keep chasing that, and you've stuck your neck out far enough as it is. I might ask for one more thing, but I've got some work to do on my end first. Thanks for your help. She's out there, Jammer. I feel it. I hope to hell you're right. Davis ended the call, but he didn't move. He sat at the table with a phone in his hand, Sorensen's last words ringing in his head. She's out there, Jammer. I feel it. For the first time since arriving in Columbia, he felt it too. Davis used the ten-minute walk back to headquarters to assess his options. He considered calling a meeting to confront Marquez and Echevarria with the information on Thomas Mulligan. He wondered if one or even both of them already knew the truth about Passenger 21. His internal scales weighed against the idea for the time being. He just couldn't see how sharing that information would advance his cause. Arriving at El Centro, he went straight to a computer, hoping to build on Sorensen's revelation. He called up the video he'd seen two nights earlier, the closed-circuit recording of the TAC Air boarding area. Queuing to the segment he wanted, he saw Jen and Kristen Stewart, and directly behind them, Thomas Mulligan. Davis ran the video to its end, slightly short of the point where they all disappeared. Mulligan was exactly as he remembered, sport coat and pressed trousers, busy eyes working the terminal and checking his phone. Davis had viewed the scene before, but his first interpretation was totally off the mark. If he'd been dropping a practice bomb on a training flight, it would have rated unscorable, would have landed completely off the range. Davis had pegged Mulligan for a businessman here to sell some new line of products. When Kristen had turned and said something to the man, he'd taken it for a casual acquaintance. He watched the video more closely. Not only did Kristen say something, but he saw Mulligan give a response. How had he missed that? Davis concentrated on a 1.2-second loop and watched it over and over. In the end, he was reasonably sure he could lip-read Mulligan's three-word reply, No, Kristen, don't. He stopped the video. No, Kristen, don't. It was a response steeped in familiarity, and also a directive, which was not at all how a thirty-something guy would address a college-aged girl he'd just met in an airline boarding area. With his elbows on the chair's armrests and his hands steepled under his chin, Davis ran the video back and carefully studied the minutes before those words. He paid particular attention to Mulligan's positioning, eye movement, and who seemed to hold his attention. By the third run, there could be no doubt. Special Agent Mulligan was in the boarding area for one reason. He was protecting Kristen Stewart. Davis could have kicked himself. All along it had been right there in front of him. Two missing passengers. He'd been so fully focused on Jen that her seatmate seemed an afterthought. Now he realized it was quite the opposite. 
Jen was no more than an innocent bystander swept into events beyond her control. Kristen Stewart was something else altogether. She was instrumental to everything that had happened on TAC Air Flight 223. Passenger 19 was the key.